Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I edit and publish the website, theweeklydriver.com. Been online since 2004. Uh, my co-host and longtime friend is Bruce Aldrich, and today our guest is Rich Steinberg. He's the Director of Communications and Marketing for um, Electrify America, Green Cities. I should have said the other way around, Green Cities, Electrify America. And we're here to talk about a number of things, including <clears throat> the new cross-country route that's available. Uh, maybe, the, I think there's two routes, actually. And we're here to... Uh, uh, zap Rich's expertise. So welcome to our podcast, Rich. Thanks for being our guest. My pleasure. Could you give us an overview, um, Rich, if you would, of the background of the latest project, when it began, and, and what it means um, to your company and to the public that's either already in tune with electric transportation, electric vehicles, or those who may not be, who you know, maybe considering it. What what is the what do we what do we have going on here in a, in a general way? Uh, great question. Uh, I mean, Electric for America is a approximately three year old organization. Uh, we've been very very busy over the last three years, essentially building the largest public ultra fast EV char- charging network in the United States. I think many of you are familiar with uh, the, the Tesla supercharger network, which allows a Tesla driver to charge in multiple metros as well as cross-country. But we're rapidly adding stations uh, throughout the, the nation, including a cross-country route that we recently completed, uh, that sort of what we call our northern uh, cross-country route. And we're very close to finishing our southern cross-country route uh, as well. It goes from uh, Florida all the way to San Diego. So we have over already, in that short period of time, over 450 operational stations or individual locations. And at those stations, we have multiple chargers that are offer, are available to consumers to charge at. So the individual charging ports, for lack of a better word, we have over 2,000 of those individual chargers. And not only that, we're not done, of course. Uh, we plan to install and have under development 800 stations with over 3,500 uh, DC fast chargers by the end of 2021. So we're, we're very, very busy. In fact, we're uh, opening approximately uh, 1.2 chargers per business day. So uh, it's really an impressive growth. We've, we've put uh, uh, these, these chargers in the ground. And what's unique about our charging uh, station, as opposed to the, the Tesla supercharger network, is that we're non-proprietary. So uh, you can have a Leaf, you can have a Bolt, you can have a Porsche, you can have an Audi, you can have one of the brand-new um, EVs that are coming on the market that have the typically have the CCS standard, which is... Uh, the more prevalent standard, but you can charge no matter what vehicle you have at one of our charging locations. So that's uh, that's what makes us a bit more unique uh, out in the market. Before before Rich uh, before um, Bruce has his question, is I have a follow up that ties into something you mentioned. When you have all those vehicles available, I, I forgot if you said universal charge or what the exact term is. Is that a way, uh, Rich, to encourage or to uh, explain to people who they they may have heard of an electric car they 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 know very little about it as opposed to someone who's in the industry we know a little bit about it we're, we're involved in the automotive world but if you're the general public and you tell them in general terms you can uh, charge any car if you're thinking about an electric car this system will allow you to charge any car and is that a persuasive enough reason for 
someone who's been driving the same standard, uh, you know, regular fuel car forever, is that enough to persuade them to consider, do you think, an electric vehicle and, and all the good things about it? Well, that's a fantastic question. And we've, uh, one of the other things we do, which we didn't, I haven't touched on yet, is we, we do have a uh, separate independent uh, general education campaign about people that should consider buying an electric vehicle. Uh, that's called our Normal Now campaign, and we won't get into too much details there. But one of the things that we pulled from the research that is associated with why people don't buy an electric vehicle is because they're concerned that there's no charging available. Either charging is difficult at home, which is not actually particularly true. Uh, most people have the capability, especially in single-family homes, to install a, um, a, a what we call a level two charger, which allows you to charge overnight and get back on the road anytime you need it, as well as, uh, of course, the public stations that, that Electrify America is, is famous for. Uh, and those DC fast chargers allow you to charge between 30 and 60 minutes to get back on the road. Uh, we, this is a major hurdle, major reason why people don't buy. And so we're doing a fair amount to educate them about the, the ubiquity of our locations, the fact that you, on pretty much any route that you wish to travel or city to city, because we, we do cover a lot of metros, you're going to be able to charge that vehicle relatively conveniently and have amenities when you are stopping for that 30 or 60 minutes. Uh, we have a lot of great partners uh, like a Walmart or a Target or some convenience stores like the most recent announcement we just made this week with the Love's um, uh, network that, that covers uh, certain parts of the country. Um, so it is an issue. It is a question, but it's getting answered better and better every day with the more charging stations that go on the ground. Great. Good answer. Thank you, Rich, for that. Yeah, Rich, uh, one, one thing I was looking on your website, and um, it mentioned pricing, which is good to see. But I wonder, is there also pricing based on uh, time of day? A lot of utilities, you know, they charge more at peak times than others. Or are you guys yeah, that's making a, it flat? That's a funny question. Yeah, that's a funny question because we do, we do face, it's not so much time of day. I know there's rolling blackouts in California at the moment that would, would give you the reason to think there are you know, time of day uh, um, um, tariff differences. And there are in certain utilities. But we, we made a conscious decision that even though our and uh, our rates might vary, and it's more about our overall demand charges, which I won't get into details about that, but um, our demand charges do create variability in what we pay for the energy that we turn around and offer to the consumers. But we have just made a conscious decision not to make it overly complicated. Uh, you know, we, we basically have a price that um, relates to um, the area that you're in, um, and that's about it. It's not, you know, cheaper in the morning and more expensive at night or whatever the case may be. We, we've made a conscious decision. And just by the way, we are working on looking at, at revising our pricing going forward. There'll be some announcements in the next coming, upcoming weeks that talk about how we're going to um, look at pricing a little differently. Yeah, I thought you were, they're going to roll out a call. You guys called it a um, plug and charge payments. Somehow, I don't know, you, you have an app right now or you can pay like at a pump type uh, equivalency, but you have a new program yeah. coming out, Plug and Charge? Uh, well, you touched on a couple of cool things there. So one of the nice parts about the Electrify America business model is, of course, we have an app, and that makes it really easy for you to charge. Obviously, you give us your credit card information. When you pull up to a location, you plug it in, and then you swipe your app, and it basically begins the charging and charges your credit card. Perfect. But for those that don't, that's our preferred, everybody that uses electric vehicle charging a lot should definitely download our app 
But even if you don't have a relationship with our with us, you can also use your credit card as a credit card reader like you would at a gas pump. And not all uh, of our competitors have that option. Uh, so this is something you know special, very easy for people that are just trying us for the first time to use a credit card reader and, and use uh, and experience the charge with us. But you're also mentioning uh, some future developments, which we call plug and charge, uh, which is actually an industry standard that uh, the OEM, the manufacturers of the vehicles, are, are collaborating with us in our in our what we call our center of excellence, which is a lab, and where we're allowing basically a, a certificate handoff between the car and us, so we know exactly who you are. You know, uh, you basically have a registered profile that says, okay, you plugged in. I know it's your, you're driving that Chevrolet Bolt. That's fantastic. We know who you are. You don't have to give us any additional credentials. You don't have to open the app. You don't have to swipe. You don't have to give us a credit card. You're basically charging, and we bill you uh, after the fact. Oh, okay. That's Yeah, that's great. That's like a cell phone to a cell phone tower or something. It, it knows who's talking and when. That's right. Now, Rich, I had exactly. this I had this uh, perhaps uh, on a tangent here, but suppose it's it's me and and I haven't been won over by electric vehicles and I, of course I have, but let's just say I'm the cynic here and you you talk about a Chevy Bolt or um, any of the other vehicles that are available uh, other than I think Tesla has a proprietary charging area, but um, the other manufacturers, BMW, whoever it may be and, and Volkswagen now has I mean lots and lots of cars are coming out. Uh, with electric options. And if I had a vehicle, let's say, that got 30 miles per gallon on the highway or 40 miles per gallon on the highway, have you guys said, well, you know, you want to drive from San Diego to the East Coast and your your electric vehicle um, is going to get far better than that and it's going to cost you roughly, I'm making up numbers, $300 with uh, electric cost to get across country. Have you guys done any test runs? I'm, I'm sure that you have, and people driving across country. What are some of the numbers that you can associate to the program? Yeah, that's a, that's a actually a very difficult question to answer, I'm afraid. Yes. Given that each vehicle has a different, you know, for lack of a better word, gas tank size, which yes. is a lot of hours that contain the vehicle, which allows you to travel X number of miles. Yes. So you have some some models that like the new Mini Electric only goes approximately 100 miles. That's so not particularly... Um, at the forefront of it, no. whereas the Lucid Air, which is going to be announced in about uh, uh, three weeks' time, uh, just had independent laboratory validate that that car can go f- over 500 miles per tank. So every vehicle is a little different, yes. and also the charging speed is different. So uh, you know, th- some of the models can take, you know, we have, what's neat about our network is we have uh, uh, kilowatt output of 150 kilowatts in most cases and up to 350 in certain uh, uh, most of our locations have at least one dispenser that has 350 kilowatts uh, output and the faster the, the more the um, sophisticated the vehicle the faster it could take a charge so you're spending less time uh, at the station and right now our our, our uh, pricing is based on on the number of minutes you spend at the location so there's a lot of variables that go into that uh, and again, our pricing, um, I'm teasing a little bit of a, of a new pricing structure, which will change that equation one additional time when that comes becomes live in the next few weeks. So uh, I can't answer that question directly, but it, um, it, it, it is, uh, it's, let me, let me answer it slightly differently. Sure. Please. If you're not driving cross country uh, and you're charging at home, it is substantially cheaper than gasoline. Because yes. basically you're you're paying for the the same rates that you're paying for your home energy, mm-hmm. which is well well below the um the, the price of a of 
uh, in California, particularly like close to four dollars per gallon of gas. Um, the public charging that, that the business we're in is actually more expensive because we we do have uh, costs on our side in terms of capital to invest in the infrastructure as well as the demand chargers and the utility cost itself. So we're not as cheap as charging at home, but we're we're comparable or better than, than gas prices. Gotcha. I see. And you guys are actually selling a level two home charger, right? You can tell people what, what that is if they don't know what a level two is. Sure. Um, level two, uh, that's that's your basic. Uh, we're recently in this business. We have about six months or so we've we launched our, uh, our level two home charger. Uh, that basically allows you to, to um, charge it. Uh, not exactly sure what our kilowatt output on the level two is, but it, it allows you to basically plug in and charge overnight pretty much any car that's out there. Um, and, and that's when most people would take advantage of an L2. They go about their business during the course of the day, plug it in at night when the uh, utility rates are cheaper, and when they wake up in the morning, the tank is full. Gotcha. So we offer that. It's a very affordable uh, um, um, level 2 offering. It's one of the less expensive items on the market. And I'll give you another pre, uh, teaser. We're, we're working on our next generation. Uh, that'll be out in a little bit of time as well. Sure. I see. So what is your typical buyer right now? They just have it for around town or to the office and back and charge it overnight. I mean, that's your typical user, I would suppose. But you're hoping through your service that you're going to get those guys to be able to drive their car all the time, anywhere, cross-country. Is that what's going on? Right. Yeah, okay. that's, that's that mental barrier that a lot of people have. It's like they know their, their gas car they've been driving forever can go wherever they want to. There's a gas station where they need it, whenever they need it. Uh, and that's the goal of, of our, our full approach. So we have the charging solution for your home with our Level 2 offer. And then if you're on the road, uh, pretty much all the major routes and all the major metros, uh, you'll have the ability to, to charge easily and quickly using our DC fast charger and ultra fast charging network. I'm curious too. The uh, you mentioned your uh, one of your I guess I would call it a competitor. Maybe you don't, but Tesla. How many uh, charging stations do they have right now? Do you know? I don't honestly know. I know that we're getting to be closer and closer every day. They've had a approximately a three or four year head start on us. Uh, but we've been uh, catching up very rapidly. I think they still have more individual locations than we do, but we're catching up very quickly. Yeah, actually, I've seen, I know, and where I have a second home, they have Tesla has several chargers, but guess what? They're not superchargers. So their numbers aren't really real either, maybe, whatever they say. Yeah, that's, they have those, what they, they call destination chargers, which, yeah. which also is very clever. You know, if you're going on, on holiday and you're going to Lake Tahoe. Uh, it's nice to, to uh, uh, resort complex that has a, a charger for you. So that makes that's a uh, they have a few of those as well. That's where I see them up at Tahoe. Yeah, Rich, I'm going to uh, go back. Um, I think it's just 20 years ago now when uh, hybrid vehicles. We know uh, that was uh, Honda came out uh, with the first one available in the United States, but it wasn't you know mass marketed. And then of course. Um, Toyota with the Prius, and, and I'm getting to the electric part of this here soon, but in 20 years in, we have about, what, 3% of the buying public is buying a hybrid car, and despite all of the benefits uh, to hybrid vehicles, I've driven many of them, they're fantastic, uh, it's still only 3% of the population, and much of that is 
Colorado, uh, California, I was going to say forward-thinking um, cities and states. Now, with the electric vehicle industry, um, are there some um, projections about what would be what would be satisfying in two years from now? Would it be a one or a two percent of the public has come around to these vehicles? And I, and I should be uh, also incorporating and not to forget about the environmental benefits. I I think that people you know often buy the cars because they think that they're going to recoup their money, but we have to consider also that people do it for environmental reasons. And so maybe that's two questions in one. What would, what would be considered successful down the road a little bit for the market share, if, if you thought about that? Well, I don't really want to prognosticate about what's the appropriate uh, market share for electric vehicles. But I, what I can say, though, is that all the automakers are betting heavily and investing heavily in bringing newer and better offers into the market in terms of range and trigger charging speed. And what's neat about the electric vehicles, and you guys probably know this as well as anyone, they're a lot more fun to drive than a hybrid is. Yes. Uh, the peak torque right at zero RPM, strong acceleration. Uh, is the new Porsche and Audis are fantastic performing cars, well-built vehicles. You've got the, the I mentioned earlier, the Lucid, which is uh, being developed by a former Tesla engineer uh, that's running the company. Extremely high-performance vehicle, uh, very fast, great range. You've even got things like a Harley Davidson out there with the live wire that's uh, now has an electric bike. So it's 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 about fun to drive experience and the environmental aspects of it as well, and the affordability that goes with it. So it's it's not just um, um, you know you're doing it for the green guy and the progressive thinkers. It's a lot more fun than that. Let's not forget the Mustang Mach E, which is really exciting on the market. Oh yes, coming in. The- the upcoming weeks. It's a really neat-looking car. I just saw uh, one of the automotive programs on TV was talking, doing a really detailed evaluation of the vehicle. It looked fantastic, and seems like they've done a great job on that. And that's that's a game changer in terms of you know a, a mainstream domestic automaker uh, doing a really fantastic job with the new electric vehicle. In Northern California, uh, we've also had in oh the last couple of years a lot of build up to Byton and Rivion. And, you know, can't wait for those to uh, be available to the consumers. You know, some people have seen them. Some people may even have driven them. But um, I think that they'll be, um, for what it's worth, I think they'll be very competitive to some of the companies you just mentioned. And they certainly look fantastic. We've Bruce and I have both seen them, at the uh, viewed them, and talked to people at them at the L.A. Auto Show. So soon those will be in the mix, too. I don't know how familiar you are with them, but they're, uh, they look pretty exciting. Yeah, I like the the Rivian is a really neat concept. They've done a wonderful job with it. Um, we've also uh, teamed up with Amazon already to uh, Amazon's order a thousand yes. vehicles uh, in the future. So there's commitment, and there's just a lot of movement on a lot of different fronts about people getting more serious about electric mobility, and, and we're 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 happy that we could be part of those solutions. Like for instance, we already have a. Uh, a, a partnership or, or, or uh, a program we're working with Lyft in Denver, mm-hmm. where they've uh, they've made it available to do uh, their lease program for for Lyft drivers to get Kia uh, electric models, and included in that, when you rent uh, as a Lyft driver one of those Kias, you have access to our network at no cost. Uh, so those are the kinds of progressive things that 
other uh, people in the mobility space are investing in electric mobility, and they're working with us to make that possible. We also have a, uh, a, a pilot we're working on with a company called Stable in San Francisco, which is uh, working on autonomous charging. So when the autonomous fleets are out there and they're becoming driverless, then you don't need to actually get out of a car and plug it in. You basically can pull up to one of our autonomous charging locations and the car will charge itself. So these are all progressive concepts that are becoming more and more um, possible in the near term, and we're, we're working with them to, to make that possible. Yeah, that's a whole new avenue. I had forgotten about that, autonomous. Holy yeah, that's, smokes. That's really going to be something. You guys want to get aligned for that, don't you? Yep, exactly. Wow. Um, if you if you take a look at the map of the United States, I don't have it in front of me, but could you tell us a little bit more, Rich, about the, the northern route uh, and how those, I'm going to use the cliche of the dots being connected, what what mileage are we talking about from coast to coast, and um, how did that all come about in the big picture? When, when were some of the last stations um, installed, and, and uh, have you had any feedback from people who have who have done the trip? Um, great question. Uh, the, the Northern Route, as, uh, as I referenced earlier, is basically a uh, New York, it actually could be further because we have a. We also have the coast well covered, so Florida to uh, Massachusetts is covered, and San Diego to um, the Canadian borders covered on the coast. But uh, the, the northern route is basically New York to San Francisco, and the um, open holes, for lack of a better word, were basically around the Rockies, or a little bit west of the Rockies, where it was difficult to find partners to uh, to put the stations in. But what's also very, um, basically, it's, you call it maybe overbuilt about our network, is that on average, they're about 70 miles apart from one another uh, along that, that northern route. I think there's one small um, uh, distance, a slightly uh, larger distance between the, uh, the two stations. But since a typical electric vehicle nowadays will go over 200 miles, it shouldn't be a major issue. You don't need to stop every 70 miles, but we basically overbuilt that that that, that uh, cross-country route. So basically, you can stop at a station, skip the next one, and then charge the one after that. Gotcha, Rich. Could you tell us, uh, tell people maybe who don't know about electric charging and and vehicles? You, if if you had a 400 mile range, you don't drive 400 miles and recharge it and sit there for I don't know how long that would take, maybe a couple hours. The, the way to do it is to go, like you say, 70 miles, maybe 140 miles, and charge for a way l- uh, less time, right? It's multiple yeah, small and, and charges. You're um, touching on an interesting um, aspect of the electric vehicle business that, that not a lot of people are familiar with. When you read a lot of the specs from the, the car manufacturers, they always give you a, um, a time between 20% and 80%. Um, And you may say, well, why not between 20 and 100% or zero and 100%? Because typically when you stop, you've got some range left. So 20% is sort of a good proxy point. And what happens is the the way the vehicles communicate and um, ask for power from our charging stations is based on an optimal curve that optimizes battery life. So um, it'll probably charge, depending on weather conditions, much faster at the beginning. And then towards the end, when you're filling up the very last bits of the battery, it slows down and really doesn't provide you the greatest um, 
time value of money relationship to get that extra 20%. So a typical uh, car manufacturer, OEM, will say the time to take from 20 to 80 is 38 minutes on a, a 150-kilowatt charging uh, station or some of the high, more high-powered cars, some of the new um, the, the Chinese, like the Byton you mentioned, that's uh, you know much charger, much faster charging speeds. So they'll able to go from 20 to 80 percent, even though it's a much larger battery in 30 minutes or less. The Porsche is an example of that. One of the fastest charging vehicles on the market today. So um, that, as you said, it's not zero to 100. You don't, you don't empty it out. You get down close to 20. You get to 80. If you wanted to stick around a little bit longer from 80 to 90 or 80 to 100, you could do that. It's just going to take you a long time. I see. Okay, thank you. you. Uh, Rich, you mentioned love or loves. I'm not quite sure if it's singular or plural. The, the, the stopping um, uh, convenience locations. Or I, I think they're con- we have some, I think, on Interstate 5. I'm not sure. I think I've gone past a few of them. They're convenience-type stores? Yeah, they're very much, uh, you know, um, interstate uh, locations, you know, on the, the big, the big locations that I wouldn't say truck stop, but they have some truck spots, truck stop style uh, amenities. So I'm thinking that there's got to be a promotion. You guys probably already have this dialed in. So if you're using that uh, business for your charging, that you get, uh, you know, you get your hamburger, your hot dog, your smoothie, whatever it might be, your cup of coffee uh, at, at, at with a little discount because. You're doing a good thing for a bunch of reasons, and, and they're a sponsor, they're a partner, and I, I could see um, some cross-promotion there. Yeah, we haven't done too much of that right now. That is definitely something that when we bring these uh, these um, uh, major site hosts on, on board, that's the benefit that we that gets them excited about doing business with us and putting the chargers there, because they know people will definitely be coming in and using the restrooms at the very least, Yes, if not buy something. So. Now, as I mentioned, we have uh, Walmart, Sam's Club, and Target, but we also have on the East Coast a really great convenience store chain called Sheets. Um, I don't know if you've seen them, but they're really, really well uh, done stores back out on the East Coast. Um, Loves, which we announced. We also have a lot of malls, um, which are great locations in our metros. We have quite a few Simon malls and uh, Mace Rich malls. So um, this is something that uh, is, makes sense for the site host because customers will be coming by they may not have seen before that have a chance to shop. Um, I'm assuming that since, you know, we're in Northern California, Sacramento, San Francisco Bay area is about a hundred miles away. You know, the big Silicon Valley area in San Jose, Santa Clara, all that. I'm assuming that there are many locations I should have looked, but um, people who are going from Sacramento to San Francisco or Northern California to the Bay area, that they, there are plenty of opportunities to, to charge along the way. Yeah. As you'd expect, you know, San Francisco is one of our major metros. L.A. is the same. Uh, Seattle, Vancouver. Um, well, not Vancouver. That's in Canada. Seattle and Portland. Or these are all key metros where there's a lot of adoption, a lot of cross-city travel, uh, intra, intra, intra-city travel. So we've got, you know, quite a bit of density and geographic spread uh, in each of those metros so that no matter which highway route you're taking or where you're, um, you know, stopping by, you'll have an option to charge into San Francisco or in San Jose. Uh, it's also uh, you give me an opportunity to talk a little bit about Sacramento. Yes, uh, Sacramento is is our um, is our green city. Yes, is our green city. Um, we've done a, a quite a bit of an investment working with the the city mayor Steinberg. Actually, he does a wonderful job. Really great partner with us uh, to make uh, quite a few investments, uh, not just in charging stations, which we have fourteen 
uh, charging stations throughout the Sacramento metro, which is the densest number of chargers we have in any city for, as a per capita basis. So Sacramento is very well uh, represented when it comes to Electrify America charging stations. But we also invested with some um, two really cool um, um, car sharing uh, car organizations, one called Envoy, which has an amenity-based uh, uh, rental uh, as if you live in an apartment complex or uh, one of those communities, you have access to uh, electric e-golf um, for very affordable rates. Uh, we have a lot of low-income communities that also have the Envoy uh, uh, service at those locations. So that's a really neat thing that we're doing in, in that particular area. And we also have the investment in Gig, which is a subsidiary of AAA, you know, one of the uh, um, iconic uh, mobility companies in the in the country. Uh, with their gig services, what's called one-way car sharing with an electric fleet of, uh, of Chevy Bolts. And what's neat about the, the gig program is uh, they're situated uh, throughout the community, basically parked on the street. You don't have to walk very far to find one. They open up their gig app. There's one a couple blocks away. You walk over, you pop the doors open using the app, and you drive where you wish to and leave it in an illegal parking spot. You don't have to bring it back to where you started from. Uh, you just leave it to your, at your destination and leave it for the next uh, customer to pick it up and use it as they wish. So the gig service is really sort of cool. Um, uh, doing very well. It's done extremely well. And again, using this the largest all-electric uh, car sharing service in the country. So that's a really neat service. And we actually just expanded our relationship with the AAA people uh, where they've just introduced a subscription program uh, where we uh, help them acquire 55 Volkswagen e-golfs and those subscriptions are available in three months, six months, nine months, or 12 month intervals. Full white glove service. Uh, insurance is included. Come by your house to deliver the vehicle. All maintenance is included. And what's neat about that, if you live in Sacramento, um, you basically can try before you buy. You're not sure you can live with an EV? Well, just try one. Subscribe for three months. See what it's like. See what it's like to charge at home. See what it's like to charge in our, at our public network. Uh, and then get you sort of get your feet wet with this whole concept of driving an electric vehicle. We're really happy that, that we had that uh, relationship with AAA, so we expanded our relationship with them uh, in Sacramento with that program. We also have special uh, offers for people with low income or disadvantaged communities where the rates are extremely affordable and attractive to try that out. Rich, and uh, before I finish, sec- please okay, go ahead. One, one more thing about Sacramento. We've also invested in. Um, uh, the Causeway Connection bus route with uh, 12 all-electric Proterra, California uh, manufactured buses uh, that cover the route between the city of Davis and downtown Sacramento, uh, partnering with the SAC RT as well as Yolo Transit. So quite a comprehensive investment in Sacramento. Wow, that is a lot. I've seen the electric buses. I didn't realize they were local made as well. Yeah, and, and thank you. I mean, here we are in Sacramento, and you you uh, enlightened us. We, we knew about these programs, but we forgot to bring it up earlier. So thanks for reminding us. Those are In, in many areas, Sacramento has become, um, I don't want to say beta testing, but that's, that's not quite accurate. But we've become a center in the United States of all different kinds of uh, alternative transportation modes, uh, all, all different things like, you know, a bus on campus at Sac State that's a Ollie, Ollie the, you know, the autonomous bus. And we've got all kinds of different, we had, you know, scooters, we had bikes, we had, the, so we've, you know, we've had these different car programs. So we're really at the forefront in, in the state capital here on all different kinds of um, yeah. things that are on the horizon. Well, not on the horizon, they're here now. So 
um, that's a good reason for Sacramento, even though it's a hundred and some odd and there's ash in the air. We have some good things going on here. <laughs> good point. Rich, I, 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 I want your, your Sacramento uh, listeners to visit com, which is our talks about all those programs I just mentioned. Thank you for that. I wanted to ask something that I can be educated on also, and, and I should know the answer to this. If you're um, in the Electrify America program and you have whatever vehicle you have, your your vehicle of choice, I've forgotten if if it's state by state, Bruce would probably tell me, but I, you probably know as well. Is it state by state or is it nationwide with um, the HOV lanes? And the different states have different uh, criteria on what vehicles are allowed to, to be in those lanes. Yeah, I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty certain it's state by state, and each state has their own um, decal. Uh, I don't know if, if you cross over, for instance, from New York into Massachusetts, if that same HOV sticker works or not. Yes. I know California is very well, uh, has various colors that have changed over the years. Yes. And some of the ones have, uh, have sunsetted and are no longer uh, give you access any longer. Uh, but uh, I, I'm pretty certain it is a state-by-state determination. I had um, uh, a quick aside. I had my first experience, um, not in the electric world, but with the Honda Clarity uh, hydrogen car a couple of years ago and I in Northern California to Southern California and back. And that was really my first long-term experience with, you know, having access to that lane. And um, uh, I guess the short way would be it was fantastic. It was a whole new world that opened up as a single you know, I, I was the only person in the vehicle, and so to save time, to see the flow of the traffic, to look to my right and see the non-flow of traffic, it was it was quite something to experience. And I got a whole new understanding about people who get to capitalize on those lanes and and the reasons for it. So it was a it was a good experience, and I'm sure people with electric vehicles feel the same way and and uh, have plenty of experiences with with how it's helped. Yeah, no, that's a major reason why. Uh, some of those states have done very well. Going back to the, what you were saying earlier about hybrids, back in the old days, a uh, hybrid did get a sticker. That's right. You could have, you could have bought a you could have bought a Prius and been in the carpool lane, which was a major incentive to to buy the Prius. The Prius no longer gets access to the carpool lane. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Now it's meant for just the EVs that are basically uh, the ones that are um, that much more sophisticated and and are sure. purely emissions tailpipe emissions free. Sure. Rich, uh, another back to your uh, charging stations again. Uh, I know you mentioned about uh, parking with the gig cars. You can park anywhere, at least here in Sacramento. And one of the good things about your electric vehicle charging is you've always got a parking spot. Um, but it seemed like people might have abused those spots, you know, leave the car there when they didn't need to be leaving them there. But you guys have what's called idle time. That seemed like a pretty good thing to me, where you start charging after. 10 minutes, I think it is, which gives an incentive to get the car out of there if you're not charging any longer. Yeah, that's that's one of those um, um, challenges that we that we definitely built in a, a plan to make sure that people don't uh, use more time than they need, especially if there are more people waiting to use those chargers. Um, you know, a great example would be, not, not that anybody's going to the movies, but in, in better times, people will go to the movies. Um, you don't need to plug into a DC fast charger that takes 45 minutes and spend two and a half hours there. So that's what the idle time is designed to, um, to, to disincent you from doing that. 
Yeah, I think it's great. It's a good idea. Hey, Rich, we want uh, we could spend the rest of the day, but I'm sure you've got uh, plenty to do, and uh, we're starting to feel the heat here in Sacramento. It's getting pretty toasty, and the, <laughs> the ash is coming down. We have to go get another soft drink, I think. Um, but we want to thank uh, Rich Steinberg very much, uh, the Senior Director of Green Cities Marketing and Communications, uh, obviously the Electrify America program. There's just so much going on in the world uh, in that area, and we want to thank you today for being our guest on the Weekly Driver Podcast. We hope people visit your site and uh, take advantage of the North Route and soon the Southern Route, I guess you're calling it, the South Route, the North Route. Uh, what a wonderful thing. So thank you, sir, for being our guest today on our program. We re- really appreciate it. Thank you, Rich. Well, thanks for having me, and I'm glad the leaf blower has left. Can we electrify okay. the leaf we blower? Electrify the leaf blower will be. That's right. Very good, that's, Bruce. Now you're thinking. Thank All you. Right. All right, guys. Thank you again, Rich. Cheers. Bye-bye.